and welcome to Naked and a Little Bit Afraid with Mel and Kay. Join us as we peel back the layers into a space of vulnerability, unscripted, unfiltered, 100% us, fully clothed. I saw you laugh when I said vulnerability. (laughs) You nailed it. I know. And I was just jamming to your words here. Okay, today we have lots of amazing special guests. Um, I am third wheeling a play date. So, first of all, our very first guest is Tanya. Hello, I'm Tanya. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Welcome to Unscripted, Unfiltered. And she is maybe a little bit afraid. <laughs> yeah, she knows a tiny bit. I am, yes. Naked and a little bit afraid. That's right. We have a bunch of other little guests behind us today. So if you hear voices, mom and words, well, we've got a play date going in the back. Oh, there's Avery. Um, Today, we're going to just dive into a little bit of mom. We'll see how deep we go. But one of uh, the listeners had posed the question just to talk about mom life and what it's like. So, I mean, mom life isn't a static thing. It's dynamic. So there's highs and there's lows. And today I think we're just going to kind of stick with the highs for the most part. Sound good? Yeah, yeah. Tanya? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tanya, since our listeners, um, I mean, maybe some of them know you and maybe some of them have no idea who you are. So um, do you want to like shed some light on your mom and journey and yeah, how it came to be? And maybe a little bit of information about yourself too. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Yes. So I am, my name is Tanya and I work in mental health education and suicide prevention. Um, And then I'm also, um, I lead the movement in Airdrie with Mel. (laughs) Mel just dropped her phone as she did like a little happy dance. Um, And I am a wife and a mom to my daughter, Layla. She's 20 months old now. She's going to be two, 20 months, 21 months. She's going to be two in August on the 11th. Um, And yeah, I, I guess my mom and journey has looked like, um, it was funny because when I first had her, you, I mean, for me, I, I thought I would enjoy being pregnant. I guess we'll just start with pregnancy and that was the one thing when I got pregnant, I was so excited to, when I had thought of the idea of being pregnant, I, I felt like I was excited to be pregnant and experience that, but I did not like being pregnant. That was like, Mel, I don't know what your experience was, but I despised all three. I'm not a glowing pregnant human. Like I am a water Buffalo. I puff out. My emotions are erratic. If I ever get pregnant again, like Lord help y'all. Cause it's so I can't believe she just said that if she ever gets pregnant again, cause I thought that was a hard no. Well, I mean, things can happen. She's hopeful. Avery wasn't planned. And look at that little bean over there. I mean, Ryan's had the old snipperoo, but. Oh, yeah, he's had the snipperoo, but I've heard about people who've had the snipperoo. Yeah, she did. That's how Aaron's here. But 
And it's funny, you know, what Christian said to me the other day, he's like, but it's going to be painful. I'm like, pardon me. <laughs> do you have edit? Do you know that I pushed out and created a whole human being? And oh, are you trying to give Kayla? She's trying to give you some ice cream. Um, but yeah, so sorry, bringing it back to when I was pregnant, I I did not. So same as Mel, I am. I puffed out. I was hormonal, not myself. I was pregnant during like the hottest part of summer. It was not fun. And then, um, but I would do it again, ten times over. Um, but when I had her, and then I went back to work when she was twelve weeks old. And that was, that was hard leaving her, but luckily I was working a position where I was able to, um, still be at home with her. Cause I, I was taking care of two little boys at the time. And, uh, so I dropped them off at school and then pick up the little man in kindergarten in, in the morning. And then we would have the afternoon together. So I was still able to be at home with her, but I didn't feel like it was just completely undistracted, just Layla time. So with breastfeeding and stuff, but so it was a little tricky, but we, we did it. And Christian, my husband is, um, has been at home with her and he's just the little bond that they have is it's perfect. It couldn't be, it's just, it's so it's interesting on the other perspective. And I actually almost thought about that, about writing what it would be like to parent as a mom, but being in the dad position because Christian has been at home with her. So it's kind of like, I've had to switch my role in the sense of like, usually mom's home full time, you know, you're looking after the house and, um, playing with baby and, but it's been different for me because I would like, I'm the one that's working, um, just with him being at home. So, which I'm grateful that we've actually had that opportunity though, for one of us to be at home with her full time. So whether it's myself or my husband, it's been nice that one of us have been able to be at home with her. Um, but yeah, it's funny because like I was telling Mel, like I'm very, like we all know, if you know me, you know me. <laughs> I'm like super type A and OCD, but luckily so is my husband. So if I come home and like they have their own little system and it's interesting for me to have to come into their system and not um, like when, for example... Uh, he doesn't, he won't sometimes, he thinks he, she'll eat more if he just multitask feeds her and lets her play at the same time. But for me, <laughs> no, she needs to be in her high chair, like eating and one, not getting like crumbs and stuff all over the house, but two, most importantly, um, learning proper, like eating habits and digesting food properly and stuff like that. But no, so that's been kind of, kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, the old high chair debate. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know if that's a thing. <laughs> oh, it's a thing. Um, oh, oh, my kids are packing. We're going to Nana and Papa Dave's for <laughs> Easter and they are busy packing. Um, I think it's so in, like when you said you would be pregnant and do it over and over and over again. And I 100% would. My only like request that if I'm going to be graced with another infant that I must grow that it's not a summer baby because all my babies are summer babies. And that also may be why I was a water buffalo. Like the day Rael was born or when I went into labor, the doctor was like, we'll go for a walk. It was plus 38 out. Like what pregnant, I mean, 
maybe there are pregnant women. They're like, yeah, I went for a run while I was in labor. Oh, no, not me. I just wanted to sit on the couch and feed me. Also, I was going to say feed me prosciutto, but that makes me think about you when you were pregnant. I was, I was not eating prosciutto when I was pregnant. I actually, one time it was funny. I went to, I don't remember. I think I went to Jugo Juice and I was working and I had ordered a sandwich. And then after I ordered the sandwich, I realized that it had like processed meat and like brie on it. Two minutes later, I'm like spitting it out and I'm calling Mel. I'm like, Mel, I just ate brie. And she, I think I remember at the time, like, what did you call it? Listeria. Listeria, Yeah. yeah. She's like, how many times have you eaten? Have you eaten brie or like, I'm like so many times. And then she's like, have you ever gotten listeria? And I'm like, no good point. But I was so, I was so, that was one thing when I was pregnant, I was so paranoid. Like I didn't eat any, like all the things they say not to eat. I didn't like, there was no fish. There was no sushi. There was no, any of that kind of stuff. Cause I was just so, but if I did it round two, like, did you find when you did it again, it was, oh no, I was all three across the board. I ate hot dogs. I ate sushi. I ate brie, but yeah, I remember you messaging me. I'm just like, oh yeah, you called. I'm like, how many times have you had listeria? Actually funny enough though, my sister did just get food poisoning from brie like a few days ago, but she also says that she had it in her fridge for a while. Kristen, I hope you're okay with that, but it was like, it hit her hard. Like I've never seen my sister that. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Anyways, I'd, I'd, I'd eat all the things, everything they said, not do. I pretty much just did it anyways. I mean, I, I see the, like, if I was to do it again, which I think we're one and done, but if I was to get pregnant, I feel like I would just eat all the things. Yeah. I mean, even I remember after I had her, my sister and I, she came over and we had sushi and I was like washing my hands. And like, I just didn't, I think fully understand because you're just so, you're so hypervigilant at that point when you're pregnant. So yeah, it was, it was nerve wracking. Well, and I think too, when you're creating a human, um, whether you've created it, whether it's come into your life another way, because I mean, there are many parents out there that with adoption, fostering, however that looks, that little being becomes literally your entire world. And the thought of something harming that little thing, that little you, that little being, it, it's terrifying. Um, but then in the same breath, some days you want to kick them out the door and be like, Hey, uh, please leave. (laughs) Yeah. So I think a big thing, um, is you love your child. I love being a mom, but there are days that I don't like it. And that is allowed. And I think in this society and the world we are to say that you feel shame around that, but you're human. You don't need to like everything every second of the day. That doesn't mean you're not grateful for it. That doesn't mean you don't know how lucky you are or it just means you're human and you can love something and not like it some days. And I feel for me with mothering, I love it. But some days, man, I'm like, what did I get myself into? Tanya, did you always want to be a mom? Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've always wanted to be a mom and I have so many moments where 
I get emotional just thinking about the fact that I am a mom. And when sometimes when I look at Layla and I see her doing things and just whether she's like eating or just enjoying being happy or like yesterday we took her and she played at the park for the first time and we put her in the swing and she was going down the slide and she was just so happy and loving it. And I, both my husband and I, like we, we always thank each other all the time for, you know, like he'll say to me, you know, thank you for our baby girl or I'll say that to him. Cause it's just so, so perfect. Are you, mm-hmm. yeah, she has a park room. Are, is it yummy? Yeah. Yummy. No, I've always wanted, and it's, actually it's funny because, um, I always thought that I wanted to have three. That was my number is I was going to have three kids. Mm-hmm. And then now that I have one, <laughs> I'm like, I think I see and Christian. I talk about that all the time. I think I, I would like to have another one because I, I want her to be able to have a sibling. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. But I don't know that I would have, I don't know that I have the desire to have another, another baby, but I would want Layla to have like a sibling, but, but she does have siblings because she's got Mel's kids. And they're all, they're playing. And she's got uh, my sister-in-law. Uh, she has two kids too. So Layla will have that, that dynamic, but that part kind of makes it, but yes, I always, I've always wanted to be a mom. I think you had that too. Hey, you always wanted to be a mom. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was a babysitter and I just love kids, love kids. Um, our plan was changed a little bit. Like we, sure. Um, Thanks for asking, Ro. Thanks for the gamer. Um, our plan was to, well, we waffled between two and three, two and three. And then my dad and my grandfather were both adopted. So in my head, I was like, well, we'll have two. Then I would love to pay it forward because like just seeing the life that my grandpa and then that my grandpa gave my dad, like I would love to be able to open up a home. Um, so our plan, yeah, have to adopt our third. I mean, the universe had something different planned because Rowan was three months and I was pregnant with our little Avery did not know I was pregnant with Avery at all. Like you never heard the story. Oh, okay. So let's tell it. My sister has, um, her son Hudson and Rowan, they're a month apart. So we were in Banff on a family vacation. I got sick. I thought I had the flu. My sister, oh, Avery, please. No, thank you. Uh, my sister, oh, Rael, please go grab your toothbrush. Oh, Layla found your toothbrush. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she wasn't feeling well. She thought she was pregnant again. So she's freaking out. It ended up, so she's like, well, I don't want to take a pregnancy test by myself, Mel. You take one with me. And I was like, well, no, like, there's no way I'm pregnant. Like, I'm not pregnant. That's a waste of a test. No, he hadn't had a vasectomy yet, but my libido was like virtually nil. So I'm like, I'm breastfeeding. Like, no, we're good. And so she takes the pregnancy test and it comes back negative. And she's so happy. And she was like, well, Mel, take yours. I'm like, that is, it's such a waste of a pregnancy test, Kristen. She's like, just take it. So I'm like, okay. I take it and then I go back to the kitchen. I'm making dinner and I'm holding Rowan. I hadn't checked it. And she goes in and she comes out and, oh, 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 hello. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. We can't see you. Oh, there we go. Um, And uh, 
her face was just like stone and white. And I'm looking at her holding my three month old infant. No, it was Rowan. And I was like, no, she just shook her head. I'm like, no way. So I walk in. Sure enough, it says pregnant. And I walk out and like I walk back in to look at it again. And I walked out and like I do. Kristen's like, you're handling this like really well. I'm like, well, I mean, it's going to be chaotic no matter what. Right. And so I tell Ryan that night we get home, he gets home and I'm like, I have something to tell you. Like what? I'm like, I'm pregnant. And he looked at me and he was like, uh, don't you have to do the deed for that to happen? I'm like, apparently not. <laughs> yeah. So I had no idea I was pregnant and she was the, oh, she doesn't need her toothbrush. Honey. She was the worst pregnancy. I was so sick with her. And I also think because no, I wasn't with you. I just Well, yeah, you were a C-section. You're right, right. But um, yeah, I remember like her pregnancy was awful. I was sick all the time. I had an infant. I went back to work when Rowan was six months for mat leave. He went to day home. Like, I don't remember. I don't regret much in life because everything that has happened to me and that I have done has led me to where I am today. But part of me, I don't regret any of this little human that's sitting right next to me, but I don't remember Rowan's infancy at all because I was pregnant and doing all the things. And like Ryan, my milk had stopped two weeks before I found out that I was pregnant and I had no idea why. And well, my hormones just shut off my milk supply. But so Ryan got up and fed him at night because I was so sick. Like, I don't, I can't recall much of Rowan's infancy, and then when Avery came into the picture, I now had a newborn and a one-year-old. So her infancy, I don't remember a lot of either. And I think that's part of my, I do have a desire for another baby and a real big want for one more. Really? And part of, Rael, honey, no, thank you. I've never once said that. Rael's saying I'm sick of her, but I am not sick of her. Um, and I think part of it is because um, I just don't remember that baby stage at all. And everyone kept telling me, soak it up, but gosh, I had a one-year-old and a newborn. It's really hard to soak up when you have two little ones that don't walk around and are extremely dependent on you. Um, but yeah, that's that. That would be tricky because, but now though, like looking at your kids now playing, they're all so close in age yeah. that as they get older I think that that bond will always like just continue and evolve too a hundred percent and I think and I'll always say this and I've said it life is so relative because people used to tell me in that moment like how are you doing it and I'm like I don't know just am looking back now I'm like how the heck did I do it but life is relative it's hard with one it's hard with two I look at people with six kids I'm like how do you do it but you do because life like it doesn't matter where, if you have no kids, life is hard. If you have one, if you have two, if you have three, it doesn't matter what stage of the game you're in. Your life is no like harder than my, like, you know, oh, toothbrush, please, honey. Um, well, that's good. Good oral hygiene. That's a good thing. But, uh, yeah, that's why I hate, 
the comparison game in the mom world because what my even if our family looks exactly the same our lives are not the same and what you might find hard for you i might find easy for me what i find hard for me might be hard or easy for you so as mothers we have to understand and as parents that life is it's relative stop comparing are like yourself to one another. I don't even know how that tangent started, but there, here we are. No. And I can hundred percent relate to that. Cause I was that mom. I was like neutral color clothing only like no TV until they're two, like no snacks out of a package. And I was like, that was a hundred percent me. But now that I have Layla, <laughs> she walks around like outfits that don't even match half the time. And as she gets older and she is going to pick out her own little outfits, like that's just the way it's going to be, you know? But I realized that I was stressing myself out more with thinking about stuff like that than I was just enjoying and being with her. And like, that was the hard thing for me was just not focusing on, you know, all the Instagram videos that you see or what she's looking for soothe. It just sounds like cheese, right? Here, suit. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be the next. How did you? Okay, that's that's a good question. So Layla is going to be two. And then I've decided that I I've decided that I'm going to give her until she's two. And then I'm going to pull. We're going to we're going to work on no more soothe. So and but Layla loves her soother. So how did you transition? Because I know Avery loved her soother too, right? They both did. Yeah. How did you what was that transition like? And you're not going to like my answer because it's going to be very Melanie right now. I just let them get rid of it on their own. So I spoke to the dentist because that Rael, well, so Rael lost her soothers a very different way than Avery. So we got rid of Rael's soothers because I was very pregnant with Rowan and Rael was having a day and mommy threw all her soothers away in a pregnancy hysteria and I threw them in the dumpster and as I like saw the lid close I was like oh this could be bad but she honestly didn't care she went to bed that night and didn't complain she saw the soothers go in the garbage and she was like yeah all right they're gone really and then oh and then um Avery I just I asked the dentist I asked like well like when should I take her soother away is it gonna wreck her teeth And the dentist said, not until four. And he said, the fear or the problem with getting rid of the soother is they could find their thumb. And that actually does a lot more damage. So therefore, I just let Avery get rid of her soother. I didn't buy any more. So as she chewed through it or wrecked it, that was it. And then, uh, yeah, I see. And then one day, she just stopped. So she doesn't suck the thumb? No, I mean, she is now, she is now because we said about sucking her thumb, but no, that's most same with bottle. I never took the bottle away from them. I just let them wean themselves off. Yeah. Um, I kind of just let them do lead. Oh, no, no, thank you. Um, just kind of let them aside from, I can't do baby led weaning because I have a massive paranoia of choking. Yeah. So that's the only thing where I haven't let them take the lead on and solely out of my severe fear of choking. 
Okay, wait, what what did you just say? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, baby led weaning. So um, baby led weaning is basically like transitioning to foods and off of uh, the bottle or breast. Um, you just like basically give the kid a whole cucumber and let the kid eat the, like figure out, figure out how to eat or like give them a whole drumstick. And I am not poo-pooing this by no means. If that is what you have done, what you are doing, cool. Yeah. Um, but I have, and still my kids are seven, five and four and choking is like one of my biggest paranoias, just seeing it in the hospital. Yeah. So I could not do it. Like when I see little ones, like eating a whole drumstick, my like anxiety level, just like am. So we could be at a restaurant having a beautiful meal. And the minute I see a kid grab a whole drumstick, I'm like, oh gosh, oh gosh. Well, it was even when I got her, Layla. Mel had a nice little picnic set up for all the kids and she had the grapes. And of course she's used to just cutting them to what her kids need now. But Layla, like I still chop all her stuff into like a million little pieces. And so Layla grabbed a whole grape and it just, I never, I never did the baby led weaning with her either. Like I had to, and I think that was just cause I, I do it with stuff now, um, things that she can't choke on now, but same with her bottle. Like she kind of just stopped on her own. Like I never really pulled it. Um, and that's interesting what they say about like with their teeth. Cause that's one thing that I was wondering about. Cause I had bad teeth when I was a kid <sighs> and truth be told, I sucked my thumb way longer than I should have. <laughs> like I'm not lying. So that's a thing. So I just like, I didn't want her to have that too, but I also wanted her to be able to get rid of it when she was ready. But when I see how much she loves it, I'm like, is that day going to come? Are you just going to, right? <laughs> no, it's not. No. She did. So. Probably when she's like six or five, she'll stop. Oh, I don't know. Definitely, hopefully way before she gets into school. But yeah, so we'll see. I don't know what that's going to look like. Uh, I have heard of parents doing like the soother fairy. Right. And I thought about that. Where you give your soothers to a baby who needs them. Yeah. But I'm just very of like the path of least resistance in parenthood. That's that actually could be my motto path of least resistance. (laughs) And if it's not hurting them, if it's not going to cause any like damage, I'm just going to let them do them for the most part. (laughs) And you did that with potty training too, right? I did. Yeah. Potty training. I just let them figure it out on their own because also because I'm a recovering perfectionist if we can't accomplish something quick I become extremely frustrated and so to combat that I just thought well they'll tell me when they're ready so what did that so what did potty because that's the thing that I'm going into with Layla right now so we have two for her we have that Mel Mel has gifted us has been fantastic we have two little potties I have one downstairs and I have one upstairs and so what she'll do like when I wake her up from her nap I'll say oh like do you want to go sit on the potty and then she'll go sit on the potty like we haven't had the moment yet where it's like where something has happened but she gets the idea like she associates that actually it's so funny because she'll sit I don't know where she gets this from but she'll sit on the potty and like she'll make like pushing noises like it's just so funny so but I was trying to think like how like if I'm supposed to be more intentional with potty training her, do I just let it happen? Like, how did you do it with your kids? Um, and I mean, they're also different. Rael just decided she was going to go pee and she went pee. She didn't poop forever though. 
she was very scared of pooping when you were little. And then one day it was an accidental. She thought she had to pee and a little poop dropped down. She realized that's not that bad going in the toilet. And that was it. And she was dry too. The minute she was potty trained, she never peed at night. That's just her. Rowan, um, again, yeah, he would just sit on the potty and then eventually just took his pants. I was like, do you want to take your pants? Do you want to put your pants down? And he just sat there. And then it was so crazy with him. My sister, um, so my sister had a, a benign brain tumor and she had surgery March of 2020, just before the pandemic. And for some reason that weekend, Rowan had almost sensed like, oh, things are chaotic. And he just started going to the bathroom for four days. The kid went to the bathroom. And then once he realized the chaos had settled, he went back to diapers. And then, yeah, he just one day was like, oh, like, mom, I, I go and he just went. And then Avery, same thing. Just like she would sit down. Then I'd be like, oh, do you want to pull your pants down? Do you want to go pee? And then, oh, let's wipe. We just did the motions till eventually they just decided like, Sweet. And every time they did pee, I made the biggest celebration like yeah. the world has ever seen. Like, oh, yes. Avery, I would like you all to no, She, Avery, would you like to come on the podcast for a second? Oh, she's cleaning something. Okay. So um, another thing about kids, it's really important to remember is um, wetting the bed at night and stuff. it's uh, surrounds an underdeveloped pituitary gland. And every kid's pituitary gland develops at a different speed. So right now, pituitary. Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, and so she just, um, she knows now like, oh, I still have accidents sometimes because I have an underdeveloped pituitary gland. And that's what she tells people. So I'm just a very, don't stress. It'll happen. I mean, do you see any of us walking around with a soother right now or a blanket? I mean, maybe there are some people or a bottle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's sitting. But I think what will be will be. It will all happen. It'll all wash out. And it's but a glimpse in time. If they're safe, if they're loved. Yeah. Hey, Kaylin. You betcha. And they've actually done a lot of studies between um, uh, children soothing, like, mm-hmm. and getting their their things that they use to soothe taken away too soon, and how that can also lead into um, other coping mechanisms. So, I don't know. I think every child is different, and I I agree with Mel. Like, um, just follow their lead. I mean. Yeah. And I think it's all different too, right? Because if your child has experienced any kind of trauma, I think it's going to be harder also. Like I think that trauma and sucking the thumb or having coping mechanisms are also very closely linked as well. And I've seen that in some children, um, even in kindergarten. And I do, I have seen like, you know, five-year-olds, this is not developmentally appropriate maybe, but also these are children that have uh, experienced extreme trauma. And so it is appropriate for them because their brain isn't fully developing at the speed or isn't developing at the regular speed because they've experienced trauma. Not saying that any of your guys's kids have, but I'm just saying that any listeners out there that, you know, maybe it could be a little bit harder for you if there was trauma in that child's life. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And like, it is a form of coping. 
It is their mm-hmm. sensory regulation. So it's so important mm-hmm. when you are going to replace whatever it may be, like, let's try to find another coping strategy that we you enjoy and or works for you. Mm-hmm. And also I think too, when we lived in Germany, I'm pretty sure there were like six-year-olds that walked around with soothers. And in my head, like, you know, someone would look and that judgment piece, but I'm like, Hey, you don't know their life story. Like you said, with trauma or what? And also is a soother really hurting anyone? Mm-hmm. Nah. So cool. You do you like, Oh, Oh, um, Auntie Kaylin. Yes. Kaylin has a, or Kaylin. Rael has a question for you. Oh boy. Where are you? <laughs> Great question. I am at work today because they are showing my house again. For someone that hopefully will buy it. <laughs> Not my house, the house that I'm renting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That made me nervous. I didn't know what kind of question. <laughs> I know, me neither. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Avery. Hey, Avery, can you tell our listeners about. Dun, 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 can you tell the listeners um, why sometimes do you, or why do you still wear pull ups at night? No. Okay, that's okay. You're just so cute when you say under. Oh, it's okay. We don't have to talk about it. That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love it. Underdeveloped pituitary gland. <laughs> there you go, folks. Underdeveloped pituitary gland. Well done, Avery. Um, do you have any other questions, Kaylin, for us? Or what are your observations like from the outside looking in? Because you know. I mean, you're auntie to so many. It looks like a goddamn zoo in there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no. Oh, what? Oh, is Tanya talking? No, we're good. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that, you know, I hang out with a lot of moms. I have a lot of mom clients and... I mean, at the end of the day, I think that um, a lot of times society creeps in and makes it seem like you're not doing enough or a good enough job. Um, So I think if you can avoid that at the most part and just really have trust in yourself and your own instincts and your children, I think you're well off. There's so many scary things and there's so many things to worry about 24-7, but I think just empower those little beings and everything will be okay. I mean, and that's super easy for me to say, but, and I, and I think that, you know, you both have been there that you think that when you have kids, it's going to be this one way and you'll have it all figured out. And then you have children and nothing goes as planned. And so, you know, I think that I've done enough research. I started a career at, 19 of basically how do children think and how can I support them as an educational assistant? You know, that was, that was a lot of learning in an early age and I have a pretty good understanding, but at the end of the day, I don't know how my children are going to be. And I don't know what kind of mom I'm going to be in that moment. And um, one thing that I've really loved that you said, Mel, um, is you've, cause it's always been such a burning question inside of me. Like how do people from the exact same household and have went through the exact same experiences turned out completely different. And you said it beautifully one day when you're like, 
I have been a different mom to all of my children. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And it is like, that's the thing. And just when you think like going back to you, you got it or whatever, your kids change or you have a, a second child who's nothing like your first child, like personality wise. And then your third, who's nothing like, like, so you're parenting different, but also as a parent, I was a hundred percent. I was a very dysregulated mother to Rael. Mm -hmm. I was in a very different stage of my life as a mom through my journey of finding myself with depression. And I am a lot more regulated now. The beautiful thing of that is though, yes, I was dysregulated and I could look back and be like, wow, did I mess things up? But that was part of my journey to get me to where I am today as a mom. And Ryle still gets to take me in as a mom today. Mm -hmm. Yes. Were there hard times when I was mothering Rael because of my dysregulation? A hundred percent. Are there things I look back at sometimes like, Oh my word, girl, what were you doing? A hundred percent. But that's where I was. And I was just doing the best I could in that moment. I don't shame myself for that. I would and one thing I've learned from that part of my life is I will never look at another parent and shame them, guilt them, or judge them because I have zero idea what they are going through as a, as a being. Because far too often I feel we forget about the mothers and the fathers, um, but they are just as important as those little ones. And I think we fail to um, recognize that and recognize that they too are going through things in life at the same moment that they're trying to raise a human. Mm -hmm. And that's hard. That is really hard sometimes. But yeah, I do. I'll stand by all three of my kids. They've gotten a different mom at early stages of life. Mm -hmm. oh. Um, but I mean, they're awesome humans. Yeah, and, they are. And we'll make it through. Mm -hmm. Life's not going to be perfect. Never will be. It's okay, mom. It is. Oh, it's okay that she's pretending. They're pretending to bite each other's toes right now. So that's cool. <laughs> but yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I think that we should do final thoughts and then not to put you on the spot or anything, Tanya, but I think you should come up with a super random question for Mel and I for our Q&A with Mel and Kay segment. What, what? So we'll give you some, um, some time to think about it okay. while we say final thoughts. So I want you both to just picture a mom that is in the thick of it like she feels like she is absolutely drowning she can't do anything right and it is just he double hockey sticks and um what would you say to her hmm you think uh i literally would just give them a hug mm -hmm. I would look them in the eyes and be then just say you are doing the best you can do right now it will be okay 
just breathe. That's it. I don't have anything prophetic to say. This is, you know what? I heard McKenna, uh, a dance instructor, um, she said this beautifully, and I, I'm probably going to botch it, but she said we have to have the ability to focus in on something, but also pan out. So, for instance, on a high moment as a parent, for in- Rael on the podcast, oh, my heart. And I zoomed right in on that moment because, man, that is a memory for the bank. Now let's go to a meltdown moment where I've yelled and I was completely dysregulated. I also have to have the ability to pan out in that moment and realize it is but a dot in the timeline of my life. So even though in that moment zoomed in, I'm like, I am the worst mother in the world and I am messing my child up royally. I have to find the ability to pan out and look at my life as a whole and be like, it is but a small dot. It will be okay. It will be okay. Because I can tell you now, listening to Rael on that podcast, I like re-listened. I'm like, holy smokes. Wow, Melanie. Pat yourself on the back. I kid you not. Because as a mom, a lot of times you think you're messing your kid up. Thanks, dude. Uh but then you hear those moments, you're like, okay, it was just a dot. That moment was just a little speck in the timeline of my motherhood. And it's okay. I will be okay. She will be okay. Because we're a team. Mm-hmm. And there's love. Yeah. I think my, and I got emotional when Kaylin asked the question. I don't know why. I don't know if it's how you asked the question or if it was. Because I think after I had Leila, I had a bit of postpartum. I think I did get baby blues and that was really hard for me. And, um, cause I just like, especially going back to work so early, I just wanted to be at home and just our situation at the time. And just now with like, it just, it didn't allow for that. So I think it was hard because I also always had the expectations on myself that you, know, you have to mom, you have to have a clean house, you have to cook and breastfeeding for me was, like an, it was not a great experience in the way that uh, like that's a whole other podcast yeah <laughs> like breastfeeding that was hard for me um but I think I would tell her now knowing my experience to just let go of everything else and just spend time with your baby like don't worry about cooking you know like don't worry about cleaning don't worry about what the house looks like or if you have people coming over and the house like just I it took me I want to say probably up until Layla was like nine or ten months old where I finally just stopped caring about the house I stopped caring about cooking all the time like having like I just I let go of all that and I just focus and even now like that's my thing um I prep all my meals on Sundays so that I'm able throughout the week to just be with her when I get home from work because I don't want to be distracted with cooking. And it's just, that's, I I actually listened to a segment the other day where the guy was saying that as soon as he gets home, he turns his phone on airplane mode and then he doesn't touch it until he goes to work the next day. And for me, I'm like, that's what I've started doing too, is the minute I get home, it's like my phone goes on the counter. 
And I just try to focus in on Layla because I'm not going to get that time back. So if I just zoom in and focus on playing and like all she wants, all they want is just your attention and for them to, for you to just play with them. And there's some, like, it's just get like down on the ground or down on the floor, like down to their level and just play with them, whatever that might look like. And that's been, that's probably, that would be my thing. hundred percent. You can order in ordering in food. Isn't bad people too. That's okay. Like not doing your laundry for four days is fine too. Yeah. Like I, I just think society has put all the things we talked about this on unfiltered, like clean house, home cooked meal, well-dressed kids, laundry folded and done. Greeting your partner at the door, like kids entertained all the time. No screens. There is just a bloody checklist for days. Do you love your kid? Like, are you giving your kid love during the day? Boom. You've nailed it. Your kid's safe and loved. Boom. You've nailed it. The other stuff is fluff. It really is fluff. Like, I don't look back at any moments in my childhood and wow, I'm sure happy. My mom did the laundry and dusted. (laughs) No. And if there's people that walk into your house and that's what they're judging you on, they're not your people. Say la vie. As Rael says, get new friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well said. Love it. Um, all right, Tanya, are you ready for our segment? Okay, so QA segment. What does the question does the question pertain to momming or does any no. question? No, it's like anything. Like the the one with Ryan was like our crushes in high school, right? So it's just a live QA with Mel and Kay just to get to know us a little bit more. It can be the most random dorkiest thing you can think of. Okay. Ready? First thing that goes to your mind, comes to your mind. Go. Um, the first thing that came to my mind, I guess, I don't know why, but what would your favorite food or your favorite candy be? Do you, I never see you eating. I never see Mel snacking ever. <laughs> I don't, I never see. So I'm just, I'm like wondering what, what would your, what's your guilty pleasure? Cause you don't drink. So very, yeah. You're like me, like once in a blue moon. Yeah. Guilty pleasure. If I am going to have a drink, it's spice rum and Coke because it tastes like liquid candy to me. Yeah. But I very rarely drink. I'm not a wine drinker. I would have paid you as a wine drinker. A wine. No, wine's okay. But if I'm going to like actually go and have an alcoholic beverage, like it's spice rum and Coke because it just tastes like candy to me. But yeah, I don't drink. Like when they ask that question here, how often do you drink? I'm like, once maybe 365 oh okay uh guilty pleasure for snack chips chips um I can't have chips in my house because I have zero cell like the big bag of Kirkland ripples original chips I will eat them all in one sitting the entire bag because I have zero self-control around chips I love 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 chips and then if I was going to go food for just, if I, hey, like, what do you want to go eat? Oh, yeah, don't take those down, sweetie. That's for the wedding. I did have bangs. Can you please put that back, though? It's our wedding stuff. Um, Vietnamese or sushi? Uh, I knew that about you. Yeah. Vietnamese or sushi. So spice rum and Coke if I'm going to drink. Chips. And Vietnamese or sushi. So you're more salty than you are sweet when it comes to, yeah. Okay. I'm the same. Kaylin? 
Um, for alcohol, I I love double cherry whiskey paralyzers, but I can't drink them anymore because of the milk. So then I switched them out with oat milk. Pretty good. But anyways, um, that's just too much work, so I don't do it. So then um, I make myself a glass of wine. I do love me some wine. Um, if I drink red wine, it's got to be cold. And on the sweeter side, I'm not like a legit red wine drinker, but I do love like white and rosé and sangrias. Mm. And um, you like Moscato because if I am going to drink wine, I love Jacob's Creek Moscato rosé or rosé Moscato or what? Do you like Moscato? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, I can do it all. Even if you, if, even if you have red, as long as it's cold enough, which I know it's not proper, you're not supposed to drink cold red wine, but nothing I do in my life is proper. So, um, if you, if it was cold enough, I'd drink it. Um, and, uh, for food, I love tacos. Oh my God. I love tacos so much, so much variety. Yeah. Tacos. Um, and as for like a guilty pleasure for like treats, um, I like probably like peanut butter and chocolate, like Reese's pieces and that kind of stuff. I like that, but I'm more, more of like, if I could choose between a, uh, a cake, like if I'm like at a cafe, say, and we're there and I can choose between like a cake or a bowl of soup, I'd pick that bowl of soup. Like I'm so savory. Like I don't really need sweet. No, yeah. Yeah. I like really like any food. Like you're like, oh, you like tacos. I'm like, yeah. I, the only thing we've established that I don't like are chicken breasts. Right, <laughs> I despise chicken breasts. Good chicken breasts, like not Costco chip, like but like from a ranch, chicken breast. Yes, I just find them. Ugh, huh. I've had them done at fancy restaurants, and I just find chicken breasts. Ugh, I'd give me a chicken thigh. Oh, okay, so you will eat the chicken. Yeah, I'll eat the chicken, just not the breast. I'll eat anything. I'm a garburator, hence my kids are all pretty much garburators. Not a whole lot that I won't eat are you is there something you don't like Kaylin like are you is there something that you just mm -mm, no way oh probably a lot of things I'm I don't love onions unless they're cooked um like onions on a pizza really ruin it for me or like even like green I don't like peppers I'm kind of picky actually yeah I'm like Ryan and I are garburators is there something you don't like no, Christian and I, yeah, same. We pretty much eat everything. There's nothing that I really don't. Ooh, black licorice. Mm. Oh, or black jelly beans. No. Yeah, actually, yeah. Okay, I don't like them either. They're disgusting. Okay, so chicken breast and black licorice. If I ever come to your house, please don't make me chicken breast or have black licorice as snack. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a way to make chicken breast with black licorice inside of it. <laughs> And I'll love it probably. And then I'll wrap it around like, a bone I'll eat and it. pretend it's like a chicken thigh. <laughs> like I'll eat chicken breast. If I go to someone's house and they make chicken breast, it's not that I won't so eat it. Like stuffed chicken breast or like chicken parm. Again, oh, it's just, parm. it's, it's mm. dry. It's not that I don't like the taste. It's the texture. It's so dry. And even if it's done like in a marinade, I've tried marinating it, slow cooker, like everything. It's just, and I also have like a swallowing, like, 
I don't produce enough saliva. So dry meat, like pork chops are hard for me to eat too. Even if they're done in a marinara, like, although this is going off on a tangent, um, but Mexican, Mexican chicken, a chicken tinga or something. Yeah. I'm going to be like mission, get Mel to eat chicken breast now. (laughs) Well, I have entertained the thought of doing a body competition. And one of my biggest deterrents is the chicken breast. (laughs) I'm not scared. Ground, ground chicken or ground turkey. Yeah, I'll eat that, but it's not, it's not pleasurable though. No, there's no, like I like to eat for pleasure. Like when I eat, there is pleasure. Like if I want the cake, like I'm eating the cake and I don't like, just give it to me. Like that's Uh, a problem. That's about the only pleasure I've been getting over the last few months. So (laughs) (laughs) the food's gotta be good. (laughs) Um, what's your favorite treat? So I'm the same as you. So the Kirkland, um, the sea salt. The sea salt chips, those are any kind of meat. I love meat. I won't eat. Okay. That is one thing I will, uh, black licorice and processed meat. I can't do it. Like hot dogs and stuff. Oh God. I I can't, but like meat though. I love like any type of, um, like any type of meat I'll eat, I guess. So like beef jerkies and stuff like that. I know. Is that beef jerkies processed, dried, dried. Okay. So see, um, chips. And those smart sweets, the peach rings. Mm-hmm. Have you had them? Yeah, those are my favorite. And I don't drink, but if I am going to have a beer, which would be like, ask my husband, like, I'll have half a one in the summertime is the Phillips um, white peach ale. Mm-hmm. But being now that I can't have gluten anymore, I actually won't be able to have that. But yeah, so no, nothing. And st- Starbucks. <laughs> that would be my guilt. That's my guilty product. That is the only thing that I spend money on is Starbucks like two. Yeah. It's, it's not good. The Thai tea lattes, matcha green tea lattes. Yeah. Those are my, my guilty pleasures. So in summation, if you have Tanya, Kaylin and I over to your house, we'll basically eat anything. Kaylin can pick off the onions. If you're really diehard of onions on pizza, you put those onions on. I'll take a spice rum Coke. You're going to take the double cherry whiskey paralyzer, but with oh. Oh, red wine, but cold. And then Starbucks, Starbucks for Tanya. And, you know, we are accepting invitations. Yeah. If if you want to host us and do a live uh, podcast at your house, at your table. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so much fun. Invite us over for dinner. We'll do a podcast over dinner. Mm -hmm. Any takers? Send a message. Yeah. All right. And make it before the end of April. <laughs> oh, yeah. Before our friend leaves. <laughs> okay. Well, that was insightful. So thank you for being on here, Tanya. Um, thank you for having we, me. Aw. We really appreciate it. And uh, we can't wait for you to come on again. You have so much to share with the world. And I think we scratched the surface today. So um, I told, I told, just a little sidebar, I told Mel and Kaylin, because there are some topics that we have talked about. I'm like, I'm not right. Cause I was put on the spot this morning. I'm not going to lie. Like Mel's laughing. Cause she knows she's like, be our guest. Like you're going to come and be our guest. And I was just like, but I'm not ready. So I, I, I had to say like, what, what do you call that? Like a, like a pre-warning, like a disclaimer, what? a disclaimer. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, no talking about <laughs> X, Y, and Z. And I was yeah. like, all right. When you see a podcast called X, Y, and Z, you're going to want to tune into that one the next one yeah because there are things to talk about but not this morning 
Well, and especially not when I'm crashing a play date of your guys's either. Like, well, and I had, yeah, like there's little ears and stuff like that around them, but that would make it very, very tricky, right? Yeah. All right, Mel, take it away. Thanks for stripping with us. Stay weird. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> I love you.